Hello, and welcome to Uper Gun Club, the only Uper podcast that believes that Mao was right about landlords. I'm Rob. And I'm Zach. And we're coming to you this uh, fine, cold uh, Tuesday evening to uh, kind of skip some of the things that we uh, had done in the past and, uh, and, and jump right into a topic that is uh, near and dear and infuriating. Um, we are going to be discussing Operation Gridlock and all of these motorized car protests. Uh, as I'm sure people across the nation are well aware, and everyone in Michigan is well aware, there was a uh, a, a well-organized car protest against Governor Whitmer and the extended lockdown measures. Uh, this was essentially billed as people peacefully protesting in their cars at a safe distance outside of the Capitol. Um, and what it ended up being was a citywide shit show that uh, spilled over into neighborhoods, lasted for two and a half hours, honking, waking up healthcare workers who were stuck on second and third and midnight shifts. and uh, Blocked traffic on Michigan Avenue in front of Sparrow Hospital. Stopped ambulances from, uh, from traveling uh, and entering into the hospital bays. And, cool uh, shit like that. And then there was a bunch of uh, gun-toting freaks outside the Capitol. Um, now, not that there's anything wrong with guns, but, uh, you know, bringing them down to a, uh, a we-want-the-businesses-open rally seems a little odd. Uh, there's a lot of people uh, looking like a George Romero uh, scene, putting their fucking fish-like faces up against the glass at the, at the Capitol. Um, These people are supposedly the ones that have been fucking prepping for years and they're ready and they they think that uh the left wing is is hilariously unprepared for when shit hits the fan and they're they got their fucking ars modded out man they're they're good to go bring on the apocalypse and then fucking four weeks of not being able to go to fucking hardy's or whatever bleach their assholes get their hair cut they're throwing a shit fit so I had kind of touched on this uh, a couple of episodes ago about uh, how no one is going fishing in Michigan, and that still remains true. It's cold as shit. Um, speaking of which, weather report in the UP, Zach, you catch much snow, or has it just been awful? No, no snow. It's sunny today. It's just cold. Okay, yeah, cold as fuck. Uh, still too cold to go fishing. Still too cold to uh, get out in your garden, plant your goddamn petunias. Them shits would die. Um, before I get too far into this whole thing, I do want to say that, uh, there's an idea that you can't buy seeds in Michigan. Uh, no, that's stupid. Everyone can still buy their burpee seeds via mail order or online. And, you know, their seeds, they can go in an envelope and be mailed to you. You can still get your seeds. What you can't do is take the entire fucking family down to the Meyer Lawn and Garden Center and, you know, lick the potted plants. Like what I guess people were doing, because otherwise, why would it be closed down? It's the same shit with uh, why you're not allowed to have motorized boat launches. Because everyone that is age uh, 45 and above goes down there and tongue kisses before they put their fucking stupid fishing boats in. They were hanging out enough to the point that the governor heard about it and decided that that's enough. Um, and if you uh, if you're complaining about your five horsepower trolling motor, uh you know, not being allowed, and it's only a small motor. Motherfucker, have you heard of oars? Shut can... the fuck up. Like, there's 45,000 people dead, and you're pissed off because you can't fucking 
go fishing. use your boat that you won't use anyway for another month. Fuck off. Well, you can use your boat. You have to paddle it like a person. You can't be lazy about it. They're too fucking fat for that. They're too fucking... Well, that's the whole problem, right? <sighs> like These people were, first of all, never going to take advantage of any of these things, but they uh, they won't get exercise. But that's uh, that's basically what this protest was about, right? Exercise is communism. I've heard that before. Um, now, that's why I avoid it at any chance. Uh, I eat way too much. I lay on the couch. I sleep in. Uh, for the love of America. <laughs> but, uh, so that's what was sold to us. That's all you heard was like, oh, that's why it's all about. Now, uh, that isn't exactly what this is all about. This happens to be a completely astroturfed organizational effort that was uh, coordinated across the entire U.S. by a handful of moneyed interests. Uh, notably, uh, the old pyramid scheme hucksters, the DeVos family. Uh, also mm. included in here are uh, a guy who's uh, planning on running for uh, uh, Michigan State Senate, I believe. Um, if I can find his name, I'll, I'll let you know. And uh, a whole bunch of... Uh, of moneyed groups uh, that consider themselves more conservative than Michigan's Republicans. Uh, these How the people, fuck is that possible? It's a great question. Well, they're Nazis. That's what they are. Yeah. They're just Nazis rather than regular Republicans who are, you know, shadow Nazis. I mean, there's straight up ties to white supremacy or white supremacist organizations within this astroturf, right? Yeah, so uh, who... Who organized this was uh, a group called the Michigan Conservative Coalition, who, like I said, build themselves as more conservative than uh, the standing uh, Michigan Republicans and the Michigan Freedom Fund. Um, the Michigan Freedom Fund is founded by Greg McNeely, a political advisor to the DeVos family. Now, not to Betsy DeVos, who has never held an elected office, or anyone else in the DeVos family who has ever held an elected office. To the DeVos family, they have a political advisor, these fucking billionaire scum fucks, who, like I said, made their money from pyramid schemes. Um, they have a political advisor to make sure that people like these... Uh, these mouth-breathing fucking idiots do the DeVos family's bidding. This whole thing was organized by billionaires and muddied interests to, uh, A, hurt Democratic uh, governors and, and legislatures, and B, force the reopening of the economy. Now, A is less important than B. B is hurting them in their pocketbooks, and that's all that matters. Now, they don't care if people get out there with their guns and catch coronavirus. They do care. They want you back in the thresher. They're mad that you're not in the thresher. They need your meat for the fucking thresher. They do care that uh, they might have to report a, uh, a downline on a quarterly earnings statement. That's more important than uh, collective safety, public health, uh, or any political reason it's it's all about money it's just uh, a money there was profits were going down so we got to get we have to reopen the economy it doesn't matter how many people will die we need to reopen the economy and that's really all it comes down to yep sorry i got to look up the lieutenant governor of texas because he was the guy that said uh uh we can oh dan patrick this piece of shit so he was the guy that said 
Um, your grandparents will happily sacrifice themselves for the economy. Um, his and he's not point, wrong. Like in some cases, there's well, some people who are do it. <laughs> there's some people who are literally saying that they'd rather go back to work and die than have the economy goes go down. Interesting, because Dan Patrick said um, there are more important things than living. Now, in this, he was talking about the line, which I'm not going to hammer that dead horse. Uh, I went on way too long about the line previously, but it is just about the economy and making rich people richer, because that's all the economy is. It's just making rich people richer. It doesn't really affect you. It'll only ever hurt you. It'll never help you. So he was just saying, uh, yeah, uh, we are crushing the economy, and he's saying that like there are more important things than living the more important thing than living is is making billionaires more money uh which brings us right back to this whole uh honking bullshit protest so on wednesday uh it started about noon a bunch of carpetbaggers from outside the area came in in their seventy thousand dollar trucks and their eighty thousand dollar suvs and they started honking in downtown immediately locking up all traffic, which was their plan. They succeeded in that. And then, for the next two hours, they honked at empty buildings, accomplished nothing, but also spilled out into the neighborhoods. Uh, My house is a mile and a half away from the Capitol. They were, at the end of my block, honking up and down the street, like, just, just pissing everyone off. And if the whole plan was to, uh, you know, actually get anyone on their side, they failed. They came into our neighborhoods and just were fucking loud dickheads. That's just like nobody thinks you're a cool guy if you're if you're bumping your bass down the street. Nobody likes fucking a few thousand of these dickheads driving their fucking Dodge Rams up and down the street, honking the horn the entire time. Which brings me to uh, an interesting idea on how to protect against this. Um, now, these are happening all across different states, and that's something that I'll get into in a few minutes. But uh, the, the way you could stop this is, uh, if it's happening down the street from you, uh, get a 24-pack of glass bottles. And then just uh, set them up in a line across the entire street. And then you didn't do anything. The worst you did was littering. But if they drive over them, they got a couple of flat tires, and the whole thing just stops right there anyway. Or they get out of their car, in which case I recommend you start coughing and, and touching them. Uh, you're already fucked. They're already fucked. And what if, if the emergency up, vehicles need to go down that street? You quickly get out there and kick them out of the way. Okay. But if it counts, uh, I'm talking about if they come into your neighborhood. Because emergency vehicles would not choose this way to get anywhere. Uh, there's a lot of dead ends down here. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that could happen for emergency vehicles. Now, to be fair, the emergency vehicles aren't getting through these fucking cars anyway. So you'll have plenty of time to remove these pieces of glass from the road. These glass bottles, whatever you have. I happen to have a lot of half gallons, a lot of empty half gallons, because I'm I'm a lush. Um, You might have a lot of empty beer bottles or uh, flower vases, or maybe you're a bong collector. Let's say you're a bong collector and you keep all your, your old broken bongs, but uh, you know you could really think of something to do with them one day. Yep, right across the street. There you go. And if the cops show up and they're going to write you a littering ticket, shit, just go back out there and pick it back up. No harm, no foul, right? Yeah. So an if interesting only there thing. was some way you could just 
slash their tires without getting into a confrontation. Well, you know, there is an overpass uh, near me, and I thought about, you know, doing the old, uh, let's bring a cinder block up to the top of the overpass and just wait for someone with a sunroof, but, uh, you know. <laughs> that could kill somebody. Yeah, sure. What, they're never they're not getting to the hospital anyway. Nobody is. Whose fault is that? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so this uh, this whole thing is not a grassroots organization. This whole thing is a bought-and-paid-for protest. You know, the paid protest that, like, they always blame on George Soros, that they always say the left is uh, is guilty of doing. This is an absolutely paid protest. Now, the people that are there... Well, they got they got rooked. These are a bunch of fucking nincompoops that uh, that got rooked real hard into believing that uh, this represented their interests or their grievances with the government. Right. I mean, some of them are like business owners too that would directly benefit from having their own employees come back in to make them money and then get sick and die yeah well i mean no one was enforcing the essential businesses thing like yes there are certain things that are classified as essential businesses but again the the cops aren't going to come in and tell you to close your your doors right if the the big thing is there's no customers right you can keep your business open who gives a shit and if people liked you enough, well, they'd probably order from you online or via the phone. But I think maybe the important thing is, uh, if your business can't afford uh, two months' rent, well, uh, pull up your bootstraps and learn how to save. You fucking snowflakes. Like, if, if you can't have common economic business sense... Now, this is Econ 101. If you don't know how to make money and save it, uh, well, then I don't know what to tell you. You shouldn't be in business. Don't cry to me. It's your fucking fault. Yeah, I'm sick of these irresponsible business owners who just want a government handout they don't want to work hard enough to save to set aside a little nest egg in case they fall on hard times they no they just they think the good times are going to last forever what bugs me about these protests is that they've been like covered to death by the corporate media and inspired all of these hand-wringing think pieces about what's the right time to reopen the economy and how to do it and it's all we've fucking heard about for how many news cycles now but there are people in portland anti-fascists in portland organizing to make their own homemade hand sanitizer and distribute it to essential workers and there's a group of leftists in uh oakland i think who are reoccupying empty homes and giving them to unhoused people and you don't hear shit about that in the mainstream media it's just this big splashy thing like it's perfect because you're a white supremacist you get a bunch of money from the worst people on earth and you go out and protest and you know you're you're right in assuming that the media will fall all over themselves to try to understand and try to empathize and try to connect and and to push this fucking narrative so tired of it man so 
I think the the most interesting thing is like while regular people are doing all of the work and taking on all of the risk uh, and going out there with their own guns, uh, they're just guard dogs for capital because uh, this Michigan Michiganders against quarantine. I always hated that term, Michigander. That shit can go fuck off. Get a real term like youper, you fucking apple knockers. Um, is this this popped up like you know is largely organized on Facebook at the same time. Uh, there's Pennsylvanians against quarantine, Minnesotans against excessive quarantine. They all have essentially the same about page. Copy and paste it. Exact same thing. And there's a handful of websites that backed all these uh, these movements up or, or the organization or, you know, whatever. And they all have the... There, there's one for every state. They all launched on the same day. And they all have the same owner and ISP, a single group or person in Florida. These all launched mm. on the same day, and it was the same day that Trump tweeted, uh, liberate Michigan, liberate Minnesota, liberate Virginia. So this is a planned and and well-funded operation. Like liberate this, my dick from my pants and choke on it to death. I mean, this is from, this is what uh, Greg McNeely, well, so Greg, Mc, Greg McNeely is kind of like probably the one getting in Trump's ear about all this shit, or at least getting in Trump's ear via DeVos or the DeVos family, or maybe the Van Andels, or, uh, you know, all these fucking Calvinist nutbags in West Michigan. And, you know, he's saying, like, I think they're listening to... Now, this is Trump saying, I think they're listening to me, he said during a White House briefing. They seem to be protesters I think they like, like me. me. Yeah. They yeah. like me, folks. Yeah, and everybody wants to open up. but Which is I mean, all Trump cares about. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, whether or not people like him. I mean, it turned into a political rally. There's like reelect Trump wagons and shit. Nothing about like individual uh, small businesses or anything like that. It was all just like, uh, you know, is is a mega protest now. It offered yeah. nothing. I mean, the big thing is this was a completely impotent political display. It wasn't meant to do anything other than gather news. It wasn't actually meant to reach the ears of any Michigan legislators because all of those offices downtown are empty. They were empty. They've been empty for a month. You going downtown and honking your horns isn't going to matter unless you stir up a bunch of uh, news controversy. Well, and you can Which certainly do that. Yeah. By carrying a whole bunch of guns in front of the Capitol. Every time someone's carrying guns in front of the Capitol, this shit is all over the news. You know, and I bet there's probably a, a fair amount of money that changed hands to make sure that there was a, a, a lot of coverage on this quote-unquote protest. There probably wasn't, because, like, that's not... I think that some people who see how horrific the, the corporate media is assume that there is, like, explicit, overt corruption like there's money changing hands and shit like it doesn't even need to be it doesn't even need to be that conspiratorial like it's literally just the news is on 24 hours a day now and so they need content these are little content piggies and yeah it's a salacious story there's people violating the governor's order and they've got guns and they're they're very loud and they're very vocal and we 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 need that sweet, sweet content. And so I'm sure they did get like a press release or something informing them of it, but they, they are going to be all over this. 
I mean, I, I think that there's enough money here to spread around that uh, it wouldn't surprise me, especially like Facebook ads and all that shit. Like, it's all part of the media sphere. That's like, the way it really works is like the DeVos probably had one of the DeVos companies probably has like a pretty big ad buy um, or a commercial spot on one of these uh, stations. And um, so it's 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 an implicit threat, right? Like if if they don't get coverage, uh, the news, this the, the, the editors know that they're advertising revenue is threatened well uh according to uh, an article i'm reading on the washington post says like facebook said sunday it did not remove the groups or events partly because states have not outlawed the activity it is because it's specifically not illegal they did nothing about it now states that uh have said these events will be illegal well uh facebook removed those and you probably won't see nearly as much traction as you did in michigan yeah, but I mean, it, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and, and all the social media platforms that are owned by, you know, whatever, two companies or three companies, they all fucking love the right-wing shit anyway. Their their standards for en- for editing or censoring uh, right-wing content and their standards for censoring left-wing content are totally fucking different. I mean, like, the boy, they love Nazis on Twitter and Facebook. They love Nazis. Goddamn. And Instagram. Yeah, I mean, well, Facebook, Instagram, same damn company. So here's yeah. a, a little thing about how every single one of these are Wisconsinites against excessive quarantine, Pennsylvanians against excessive quarantine, Ohioans against excessive quarantine, New Yorkers against excessive quarantine, uh, is all owned by these Door brothers. Now, whether or not there's actually three of them that, uh, I don't know. But uh, they The Brothers the, Door. The Brothers Door. They are the administrators and moderators of every single one of these, and they launch them all at the same time, and uh, they all have the same message, and they're all organized under the same idea to get as many people out while also promoting, like, pro-gun and pro-Trump stuff because these guys are also, uh, you know, Second Amendment, oh, my, my, my AR-15 guys that, uh, that have pushed this really, really hard. They... Uh, they were, says, Trump himself tied the protest to gun rights, primary cause for the Door brothers, and telling Virginians that the Second Amendment was under siege as he urged them to liberate the state. But the, the Door brothers themselves have been involved in, like, pro-gun stuff. Um, so, like, there's one end of it. That doesn't even touch the Michigan Conservative Coalition and the DeVosses and uh, whatever the fuck that other uh, Michigan conservative fucking meat wig situation is um so the michigan conservative coalition are uh, a state lawmaker and his wife michonne maddock who sits on trump's campaign's advisory board and is a prominent figure in the women for trump coalition um, her name she is, is michonne michonne m-e-s-h-a-w-n <laughs> and uh and her come on i know and her husband is trying to run for uh or at least has put the feelers in for running for Michigan State uh, Legislature. Um, this is all going to be like, you know, a, a campaign pivoting tool. Uh, and, and again, it doesn't really have anything to do with this 
shut down in the sense of regular people. These people aren't doing it as anything for small businesses or as anything for citizens or your right to go fishing or stop into uh, a lawn and garden center. It's all about furthering their own interests. They need your labor. I mean, we've already talked about this, but they need your labor. It's that simple. When you don't work, they can't make money because you make their money for them. They <laughs> So when you don't work, it might hurt you, but they don't care. Like, no no one cares that it hurts you, right? Like, we'll throw you a $1,200 fucking Trump bucks, but more importantly, it hurts them, and they cannot have that. I mean... That's the big thing is like it, if it hurts them, then the world must stop. Then everything. Never mind that they're getting bailed out. Like every single thing that comes from Congress. I heard a conspiracy theory recently that I that I liked, thought it was pretty plausible that um, a lot of these companies, like we were, we were starting to go into a recession anyway, right? And a lot of these companies probably would have gone belly up. Yep. And this bailout is a way that now they that no matter what happens with the with the economy, they're getting fat taxpayer cash and it's gonna keep them solvent when otherwise they might not have been. Oh yeah. I mean, well, so that this is all just like a an easy way where people won't get upset that everyone gets a few million a billion dollar bailout. Uh so all of these small businesses are going to close anyway. You know, they're, they're going to close because the economy is going to take a shit, but money is just going to transfer upward at a greater rate because all of that market share for all those small businesses is going to be bought up by all of these companies. Now, they were going to be bought up by all those companies anyway, but the companies also just got a massive bailout. Do you think small businesses are getting a bailout? And, like, I don't give a shit about small businesses in the, in the sense of, like, modern media, but uh, do you think they're getting a bailout in the same way that fucking, you know, like... In the same way that the insurance companies would be getting a bailout if the Democrats passed that fucking Cobra healthcare bill. <laughs> yeah, they're that getting bailed out, but not not in not even approaching the same scale as these giant corporations that are going to like suck up all their lesser competition. They already are. It's I mean it's already happening. This is just gonna further consolidate and monopolize every fucking industry. I mean, yeah, we will see, just like in the Great Depression, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Now, the problem uh, generally is that uh, more people are considered poor than, than, than there were before because anything beneath a certain level of business isn't worth the ear of Congress. So if you have uh, 50 employees, well, you're probably going to have your shit swallowed up by a larger company. On the plus side, you can apply for an exemption from that uh, health care sick leave bill. Yeah, so you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to provide health care uh, or I mean provide the uh, the 10 day sick leave for when your employees inevitably get it because you fought so hard to be considered an essential job. I mean, here's the most frustrating thing about this. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop talking about like the stuff that I researched for a second and just get right into it. There's an easy way around all this. You freeze all mortgages. You freeze, and by freeze I don't mean like they continue to build up. They're just not paid. You freeze all mortgages, you freeze all rent. That right there takes care of so much shit. 
Um, and then you also freeze all utilities that are necessary for life, right? Like uh, gas and food and water. Or, I mean, not food, but uh, water. All the things that you would pay your bills on, already frozen. And then you put out a monthly, uh, a monthly amount of money that everyone just gets. And you worry about the financials when all, this is all over because that would continue this shitty economy where we, we're being held down. This is a free tip from someone who doesn't want our old economy to come back. But if you just freeze rent, freeze mortgages, and make utilities not a thing, and then give everyone like a UBI while they're forced to stay inside, when this is all done, people will come out and spend that UBI. People will come out and go right back to work and right back to the restaurants and all that shit. You could even do a, a, a rollout of, uh, of unfreezing certain uh, areas depending on, you know, like testing rates so that you could limit the impact of, of the second spike. Of, uh, of quarantine-related, or I mean COVID-related activities, and everything would go back to normal as far as the economy goes. But as it continues now, where the government continues to give nothing, you know, you get a $1,200 check, which some people will get fucking a month from now. There's, You know how many rent checks are going to have gone? And they're not going to freeze re uh, rents or mortgages, and they're not going to do anything about utilities. This is going to create a huge political and economic crisis as well as the health crisis that's already happening yeah i mean that's all they're trying to do really is to just give you enough so that you are not too pissed off to burn this shit down which is a totally rational and reasonable response is to want to burn this shit down because we're seeing how completely and utterly it is failing to protect us or to meet any of our basic needs i mean yes we should want to burn this down but don't forget who the enemy is here it's the goddamn billionaires like yes of course the politicians are their lapdogs and they should be held accountable but all of this anger against a governor who doesn't really even wield that much power in a grand sense uh it should be focused at these companies that are bailed out, bailed out in a way that you and I could never even imagine. And then who then take all this and throw people in harm's way by making a bought and paid for protest. It's yeah. And lay off nobody... hundreds or thousands of their employees anyway. Like if you think that, if you think that, um, I'll put it this way. If you lived through 2008 and you think that this bailout is going to protect you from getting laid off, that these companies won't just lay your ass off anyway, you are a fucking sucker. They don't care. They, they will lay your ass off, and they'll use that money on whatever, stock buybacks, shareholder payouts, uh, executive bonuses. I mean, the it's the same shit as 2008 all over again except on a bigger scale yeah it's it's the shock shock doctrine in action every single time there's a crisis which capitalism if they if it doesn't directly create then it exacerbates uh every time there's a crisis it's an opportunity for these blood suckers to further enrich themselves further impoverish you and just generally make everything worse I mean, the money is going to flow upward. It will flow out of your pocket. I said this weeks ago, but this 
whole coronavirus thing is going to hit working people the hardest, not just in the sense of uh, that we are going to be the most affected uh, health-wise, but monetarily. Because in the end, that 1200 bucks is probably all you're going to get. That 1200 bucks is going to go pay uh, some, some asset-holding firm that owns the building that you live in. Or it's going to go to a bank that is uh, huge and multinational and already failed once and already got bailed out once in your lifetime. It's going yeah, to go, especially because they can take your fucking, they can take that twelve hundred dollars uh, before you even get your hands on it. It gets deposited in your account, and the banks can, our banks are legally allowed to use it against your existing debt. Yeah. So let's say you skipped uh, two mortgage payments because you had no money. Well, that twelve hundred bucks is gone. Now it doesn't mean that you uh, are paid off unless you had six hundred dollar mortgage payments exactly. It just means that that $1,200 is gone. It doesn't really help you at all. Or if you had a car loan and, uh, and you didn't pay that because you couldn't and didn't have the money. Uh, yep, nope, that money's gone. That went right to your bank. And these banks, again, have, have fucked us over before in terms of subprime loans and shitty mortgages and ruined the entire world economy. And they are still around, thanks Obama, they're bigger. Yeah, more powerful, with less restrictions, and now they're getting another bailout. They're getting a bailout, and they're getting your bailout. <laughs> I mean, that's absolutely wild. Like, just the cynical nature of that is fucking crazy, right? Like, <laughs> they're getting their bailout, and they're getting your bailout. And every small business bailout, well, guess who owns that small business's mortgage? You know, like, guess who owns that small business's business loan? Boy, they're getting right. everybody's bailout. It's yeah, They want it all, and they'll have it. Oh, yeah. I mean... I want there's... those penny auctions to come back. When, um, start organizing now. Uh, talk to your neighbors now, because when this finally ends, um, there is going to be a storm of foreclosures and evictions and so okay if you're if you're not familiar with what a, a penny auction is in the great depression when a bank would go and foreclose on someone's property everyone in the neighborhood would go to the auction where they're going to auction off the property with guns and they if someone else bid on the property other than the the homeowner they would beat the shit out of that person yep. and the homeowner who was foreclosed on or whatever would bid some ridiculously small amount and get their house back yep that's what we need to do again we don't i don't i don't give a shit about guns at the fucking capital whatever to protest some dumb bullshit but if there's ever a time to wield guns in public it's for something like that i mean the beautiful thing there is uh that house is now bought and paid for yeah you don't need a mortgage for that. You're free from the bank. It's fucking If we dope, can dude. organize that, that is the way to go. And you're going to have to get out there, uh, wear a mask, wear gloves, keep distance, but knock on your neighbor's doors to make sure that that happens. That also means you're probably going to have to head on down to M Bank in Marquette when they're going to auction this shit off and keep your eyes open for, uh, oh, I don't know, like a, a cousin of an Odovero to roll in with $30 million just to buy up an entire neighborhood. Fucking Odoveros. God damn it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, that's, 
I don't know. It's it's hard to quantify. It's hard to quantify how much this is all going to suck. Because when they open up the doors, everything is going to come back and that's been building up. It's it's like like putting a kink in a hose, right? The pressure's been building and building and building. And when it opens up, everything that you haven't paid, they're going to want to pay and the and the month that you come out of it. You know, you're not going to have any money because you spent it all on food and necessities, and they're going to want every single dime, and they're going to tie up the court systems for a long time, just with evictions. Right. Every single company that buys up debt, those fucking scum suckers, they're going to be having a field day because they're going to buy everybody's debt and hound you. Every fucking credit card company they are going to hound you. Well, the credit card company honestly doesn't care because now you've got a life of indentured servitude uh, where you work to pay off the credit card. Yeah, I mean, the lesson here is the same, is the same as, uh, as before, which is that when we are alone, we don't have any power, and these people will buttfuck us. <laughs> but... If we can find a way to organize and stand together, we have more power than them. They might have more resources than us, but they cannot stand against a group of uh, angry people standing in solidarity. We only need to be lucky once. That's an old IRA quote. Yeah. We only need to be lucky once. Now, this is in terms of... uh, it was a political assassination they were talking about, and I believe it was like an MP or something. And they they told him, you know, that's the thing about us. We only need to be lucky once. You need to be lucky for the rest of your life. Yeah, I thought it was Margaret this Thatcher. This is coming to reason. a head. Oh, I doubt it was. Probably they not. never tried to assassinate Margaret Thatcher. I mean, that that'd be pretty. That'd wild. be pretty sweet. I'd be even more proud of the IRA. Yeah, but I wanna I wanna talk while we still have time. I wanna talk about this uh, Ishbeming vandalism. Oh yeah, go ahead. So Saturday, early morning, the police are saying it happened sometime between five and six a.m. Saturday morning. Um, some businesses downtown on Main Street uh, had like obscenities and dicks spray painted on them, and uh, which whatever i don't really care about that those i imagine those businesses are insured um whatever uh and old ish was uh defaced someone someone whoever did this there's like two guys they caught him on a security camera but they're covering their faces which is just good pandemic practice really but uh they spray painted uh they spray painted a big red splotch on old ish's face now, if you don't know who Old Ish or what Old Ish is, it's a statue uh, downtown Ishpeming of a Native American. Um, I file I file this uh, defacing of Old Ish under accidentally based, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> so the people who the, that's a that's a hot take. Yeah. Well, the kids who did this, I imagine that they're like teenagers or something. They didn't. You know, they didn't have any sort of political ideology, I can't imagine, for defacing oldish. But here's what I want to say about this. Uh, and this is something we haven't talked about yet, and I think it's, like, super important, especially to, if you want to really understand the UP. 
uh, the, the largest minority population in the Upper Peninsula is Native Americans. There's, there's several different nations up here. Um, and I think that any leftist movement in the United States... Okay, so like w when leftists talk about um, the circumstances or the conditions, the material and historical conditions being ripe for a revolution i think that that we inevitably look to russia right to a, to a lesser extent cuba um you know to a lesser extent china but russia is like it's like a, a big focus and i think that i think that that's that that's like normal and inevitable but i also think that where where we are trying to build toward revolution, we need to look at the historical and material conditions where we are. And here in the United States, any leftist movement that doesn't center um, the liberation of indigenous people is not a leftist movement that I want to be a part of. Like, make, make America Turtle Island again. Give the Destroy the United States. Fuck the United States. Give the land back to the people... It rightfully belongs to, and together we can fill the, figure out how to build a better future for everyone, right? So I say all that to get to the fact that oldish is a horrific caricature of a Native American. It's not based on a historical figure. It's not based on anything. It's just this... Uh, tokenized it's yeah it's a, it's a it's a caricature it's a caricature in statue form um you should pour drano on it fucking tear it down it shouldn't be there okay this statue has uh a feathered headdress like he's some kind of lakota sioux right the it, we don't have lakota sioux in the up well i'm not saying that they're not here now but they weren't uh originally this this is a nishinaabe territory and there's multiple tribes of Anishinaabe, but it's not the standard to wear uh, a, a feather in the fashion of old-ish. Now, can we talk about how white old-ish is? It's it's painted. It's not just like a regular... It's not just like a... what I don't know what metal it's made out of, but it's it's not just, you know, a plain metal statue. It's, a, it's painted, like, grotesquely... In, in some kind of, you know, realist way. I don't, I don't, like, I, that's all I can think of is that what they're going for is to try to, to make him look realistic. But it, yeah, it's just uh, really weird. He, it's really weird looking, and uh, I find it pretty disgusting. I mean, if it counts, he's uh, about the, the same skin tone as me, a Swedish Irish man who's been inside for months. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. they painted red face on him. Yeah, pretty cool pretty sweet um i don't think that like i don't even know if i mean i can't speak to their motives but and i would not be at all surprised if there was like a white supremacist um motive for that but i don't even know like if you look at the picture of it it's just like one runny splotch on its nose like running yeah. down its face it's not like and uh, and his dick I didn't, oh, I didn't see that part. Yeah, they, they spray-painted his dick, too. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine that this is just, like, a, a petty act of vandalism just for the sake of vandalism. 
Um, but it does kind of, like you say, put on point the the actual appropriation of, of, of Native American culture, the, the red face of of the Ishming City Council that decided it was okay, you know, to continually repaint and, and lionize this old Ish statue who does not represent a real person, doesn't represent a tribe. It's not like a testament to a tribe that lived in the area. This is just saying like, hey, we get it because it's kind of our culture now too when it's not. It's just it's like you everything t- you about... took this you took this Anishinaabe word and you named your town after it and you're like oh it's like a cool Indian name so we'll like make up a, a an Indian that has that has the name of our town and we'll put it well are what are you you're offended why are you offended by that <laughs> this is like... the same shit with like Chief Wahoo for the Cleveland Indians you know, yeah like exactly racist caricature. It's made up. It doesn't represent anything. And then you get to claim that it's heritage if someone complains. Sure, yeah, tradition. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty goddamn ridiculous. And it's pretty egregious. But, uh, I mean, it's a fun juxtaposition there. But I don't think that... No, if I, I'm just guessing. I don't think that that's what the uh, graffiti artists or vandals were going for. Now, I'm not going to say vandals. Those were historical people. Um the people with spray paint, because I'm not going to call them graffiti artists as someone who's done a lot of uh, street art. Uh, yeah, they're they're just people with spray paint who are spray painting dicks on things. They're shit posters in real life. <laughs> Low content shit posts, though. Not <laughs> oh, yeah. Troll. Not 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 good. No. But it's funny because they're like they're also they talk in this article about how they're following up on tips like for list of suspects and stuff and it's like if you look at this photo that they capture on their surveillance footage it's like a person in gray or black clothing or dark blue it's some kind of muted colors covered like i mean head to toe like you cannot see anything except this person's eyes the other person looks like they're wearing like a respirator maybe it's it's pretty low resolution or like an, a mask and they're and they've got like a drug rug and jeans on so it's like yeah. how are you gonna but it's, it's like we're we're so people in ishmael are so ready to snitch i guess because they, oh, yeah. they i get it. i guess i get i get it to a certain point like they feel that their that their beautiful downtown was was defaced but it's just like dude you don't fucking know who this yeah. was. You you're gonna see, you're never gonna catch him. You're gonna you're gonna call the cops on anybody you see with a fucking drug rug. Come on. I mean, what they're gonna do is call the cops on some kid that they don't like from down the street. Yeah. Just like they always did. Just like they always wanted to do. Except now there's a good reason. I mean, maybe they will catch him. I don't know, but it's I just UP's pretty small, and someone's gonna talk. Yeah, it's just some some dumb bullshit, but. <laughs> Do you know when I was a kid, uh, so oldish has been there my entire life. And like when I was a kid, I went on vacation with my family to Chicago. We went to, we, we went to like the Shedd Aquarium and like the Natural History Museum and shit. But apparently, I don't remember this, but my parents told me that uh, I think I was like eight or nine at the time. We went to Chicago and we were driving through downtown Chicago. And I, I was like, where's old Chicago? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. Looking around, I don't see any old Chicago. 
<laughs> he's on the hockey jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So we got a, a couple of minutes here. I wanted to shift uh, shift gears into something that's a lighter topic. Uh, at work, we're uh, doing a lot of work. There's a lot of just uh, mindless tedium, which I feel like most people don't really recognize how much mindless tedium science is. It's weighing things a million times and writing things down and just like a lot of repetition. So oh, come we're on. talking about it's uh, pouring one test tube into another test tube, watching it change color and bubble over and saying, hmm, very interesting and marking something on a clipboard. You can't tell me Ooh, otherwise. Clipboard. I will never think anything otherwise. That's science. I mean, that's science, baby. That's how we love it. <laughs> so we were talking about ideas for... Uh, a quarantine Seinfeld, and we're we're kicking out kicking around ideas for like plot points, and I got a great one. So the uh, this is kind of a semi line st- segment. The the price of oil went negative, right? Um, <laughs> you it love costs it. more love to produce to and it. store. Oh, you love it's the most logical way to run an economy. <laughs> and the line went down because of it today. Boy, the line was real pissed. I wonder if that uh, Texas governor's or lieutenant governor's idea of just sacrificing more people will appease it. But uh, so it's more expensive to produce and store than it's buying for, right? Yeah. So I had this idea. It basically goes like this. Kramer and Newman head to the Permian Basin to rent a U-Haul and fill it with crude oil because they're paying you to take it away. And they go, they're paying us. Of course we're going to take it, right? And then uh, I think a, a George subplot would be he's upset that he's not going to get all of his 1,200 corona bucks. So he needs to figure out a way to create a tax shelter via a GoFundMe where uh, it'll end and he'll get his, his own money back after the end of the tax season. But the problem is that it gets too popular and people start donating to it. And he's worried that people are going to look into it. Um, I think uh, the Elaine subplot might be uh, might be uh, she is in a, a, a Zoom work chat and accidentally shares her screen. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to work on that a little bit. And I'm not really sure, sure what to do with Jerry. Like the idea of uh, Jerry being a... Uh, well, Kramer yeah. Kramer asks Jerry if if he can store like um, twelve to fifteen barrels of crude oil in Jerry's apartment. And... You gotta put it in your bathtub, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't want anything to do with it. Well, and he, I like like the idea that that Jerry is taking this super seriously and he doesn't want contact with anybody. So, like, you know how Jerry's parents are always trying to send him money. Well, he can't go out and do stand up. Uh, anymore so his parents are in florida not observing social distancing and uh and they send him money but they can't get to the bank to to uh get new new checkbooks or anything they don't know about venmo so they send him paper money and jerry refuses to open it or even touch the package so it sits in the hallway and jerry has to order food because he doesn't want to go out but he also wants contactless delivery so he, he just tells the people like in the box my parents sent money just take out you know what you need and leave the change and then they just steal the box sure yeah i was picturing a i was picturing a scene where um where kramer tries to do his like famous entrance where he comes like skid sliding into jerry's apartment but jerry <laughs> just keeps jerry's locked jerry's locked the door because 
he doesn't want anyone in his apartment and so kramer just like falls against it's like a shot from the hallway and just, <laughs> just kramer just falling into the door yeah just smack jerry what are you doing we were trying to think of uh like so what what do you think a, a good scam that george would like use so okay i i kind of got a half an idea help me flesh this out um so george is trying to get fired because he <laughs> wants to collect unemployment right <laughs> So he's streaming himself not doing work while he's supposed to be doing work. And he accidentally becomes a a pro esports gamer. How does that <laughs> because work? Because he's trying to not Well, he's just playing video games, trying not to do work, and people start watching his stream like, look at this guy. He's just some bald schlub and they're making fun of him, but it gets so popular that uh he ends up making money off of it anyway. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Um yeah, What's the, then, then he uh, then he gets uh, DM'd by an e-girl, like a fin dom, oh, yeah. and he like gets suckered into sending her all of his money <laughs> because oh, yeah. she she tells him <laughs> she's gonna she tells him she's gonna like uh, I don't know shave his back in the bath or something. <laughs> Kramer hears about this whole e-girl thing and starts an OnlyFans <laughs> where he's like selling pictures of his feet and shit. <laughs> but they're, they're just crazy for me. They're just disgusting. Like he does, he puts no oh, yeah, production value into him at all. There's like, right. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to get rich off, <laughs> but they're just like gross feet. I don't understand uh... <laughs> what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> I've got the Twitter presence, Jerry. <laughs> But I mean, like, what's what's a good Elaine subplot? Because hers is always like, a, it's always like a romantic interest, or or work related. Yeah. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of a, a thing where, where Elaine gets stood up for like a video date, and the the guy claims it's because he has coronavirus, but somehow she finds out that he doesn't, and I can't make that work, and I want that to work in my head. I'm trying to think. I was thinking like. If she's just complaining to Jerry that she has to um, take a shower because her boyfriend wants to uh, like sexy video chat her later, and she's yeah, like, she's, like, <laughs> she's like, God damn, she has it. to do. Yeah, she's like, I I'm staying home and I still have to do makeup. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> what if George is locked in with a uh, with a girlfriend? And and she, and she won't have sex with him because he won't wash his legs. <laughs> yeah, just, just like, but the soap goes down. Or it's like, or it's like a new relationship. Like they just met. Oh, and they're yeah. and they're like really into each other. And they're like, it's like that super exciting like new relationship time. And then they like get locked down together inadvertently. And she has some kind of. Uh, She's like a, a sniffler or something. He's like, right. she, sni- yeah. she sniffles, Jerry. She sniffles. I can't She's take it. She's a sniffler? She's a sniffler. <laughs> and you don't care for a sniffler. <laughs> Kramer, <Yeah. laughs> Kramer's, Kramer's in the apartment breathing on Jerry. What, what's he saying? What's... <laughs> oh, you got to get rid of her. Jerry's, Jerry's holding a, a broomstick trying to, get, trying to keep Kramer away. <laughs> So he sends her to the like store for arms. toilet paper and then won't let her back in the apartment. 
<laughs> Sorry, um, you've been compromised. <laughs> oh, that's such a great reason for him to not let her back in. <laughs> what if uh, Kramer, <laughs> Kramer, uh, when this all started, started hoarding toilet paper, and then he, <laughs> then he, <laughs> and he was, his plan was to get rich off it. And then he heard about the FBI coming in and uh, and. And like seizing all of it, so he, he's like, "I gotta get rid of it," and he starts just flushing it down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it only seemed natural. <laughs> uh, oh then, shit! <laughs> then he has to call a plumber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was coronavirus Seinfeld. Pretty good. <laughs> I think we should wrap it up here. But uh, yeah, so I guess uh, in closing, I want to apologize for how awful and annoying I've been. I refuse to listen to the podcast at any point going forward. And as always, I refuse to listen to any criticism or learn or grow in any way. So uh, I guess do with that what you will. Yeah, I unfortunately have been listening to the podcast too much in editing it and have come to hate the sound of my own voice, every single mannerism and verbal tick I have, and uh, the content of what I'm saying. So, I don't know. That's If it counts, I like the editing. (laughs) (laughs) The ideal here is we never have to listen to it again. Yeah. Yeah. And and honestly, this is for like 12 people, so. That's true. It makes it better and worse at the same time somehow. Like, I'm publicly humiliating myself for five people but you know whatever you're you're publicly privately humiliating yourself yeah (laughs) it's just it's just like uh you do degrading sex acts that can only be done once like like cutting your balls off but only like two people watched it so you didn't even get the thrill of like entertaining a crowd yeah i've got an OnlyFans that uh makes 13 dollars a month Hey, that's uh, that's a significant amount. <laughs> Are you posting Kramer's feet? Um, you know I'm not into feet. Yeah, we talked about it. <laughs> I re-listened to that, and and I didn't explain the analogy of <laughs> of the of the green bean casserole, and I just jumped straight into <laughs> the green bean casserole shit. Yeah, I mean, so, I followed what you're saying. They 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 get it. We're you I know, hope so. <laughs> we're fucking Thanksgiving. I, I laughed. I laughed out loud <laughs> when I was just like, holy fuck, I went off on a tangent and it made sense to my stupid drunk ass. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, uh, we should probably wrap it up here. I'm sure you've got uh, a lot to do. I've got a lot to do. I still got to clean this fucking house. Um, and the cats need to be scritchy scratched. Sure, sure. Well, uh, thank you for uh, for joining us today, folks. And uh, we need a good sign off. I like to see bridge. you and I like to see you in hell part. I don't know. That was pretty good, but yeah. We oh, could, okay. We'll work on it. Blow right, up well, the bridge. Uh, eat my ass and <laughs> blow up the bridge. Eat my ass and I'll see you in hell. Syrup or jelly? It's your choice, or just bear, I guess. Ugh. I mean, thimbleberry jelly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we gotta stop. See ya, everybody.